live. Hello, Australia again. Uh, greetings and welcome to the Stand Up Australia podcast. Stand Up sits down with a contrarian conversation rebutting the mainstream narrative. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about YouTube, which has banned Aussie politicians' speech for breaching medical misinformation. Uh, second story of the day is native title issue in WA. Has people scratching their heads about what this means for the voice? Our third story, Gerard Rennick gets dropped from the Senate, uh, for the Liberals anyway, in the Senate seat. And our fourth story is working out, make you a right-wing extremist. Today we're joined again by Robin Shooter. How are you, Robin? I'm, I'm good, but I had a good solid, it was leg day this morning. And so I'm wondering, uh, am I a right-wing extremist for working out? I'm, I, I'm, I'm seriously concerned. Can you help me out, Mitch? I, am I, am I turning more right-wing the, the more weight I lift? I believe you are. That's uh, just my personal opinion. Damn it. But yeah, I've definitely well, become a bit more right-wing this week myself. So. Um. So, so does that mean if I just get all like fat and lazy and sloppy, that makes me a lefty? Like, is that is that how this works? Well, if you look at some of the. Some of the examples on the left, you know, you, you might you might come to that conclusion. Or do I just need to dye my hair blue? <laughs> blue and sloppy, I think, is the answer. All right, yes. all right, we've nailed it. We've nailed the formula. Yes. Oh, that's one yes. problem of the world solved. Health is right wing. That's all we can say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but more on that later on. More on uh, that later. <laughs> All right, so at Stand Up Australia this week, uh, we have um, another webinar on, and I'm just going to bring this up right now so we can have a look. And so we got this week, we've got Stand Up Webinar, Profitable Resilience, Navigating and Exploiting Economic Downturns with Jamie McIntyre. So Jamie, um, very, very colorful individual. If you don't know who he is already, uh, Join in. Uh, he's he just he's got he's a wealth of information, highly entertaining as well. So just click on this link here. You can book your tickets and yeah, jump on. It should be a real cracker that one. So um, uh, just so you know, and this might just be a Zoom thing. I can't actually see that. So I'm hoping I'm hoping those on the on the live stream will be able to see it, but it's not showing up on Zoom. Uh, that's very strange. Um, yeah, it should, it should rock up on the live stream. I'm certainly Beautiful. hoping so. If not, just drop a comment um, if you're watching. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we'll find out at the end. Um, all right. So anything else to add, Robin? Um, I, know, I just noticed you popped out another another article online recently, uh, just in the last hour, didn't you? So what's that about? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a little mini series on preventing dementia. Uh, could be too late for some, like the President of the United States, but oh, well. <laughs> um, yeah, so I figure, you know, I'm seeing, and, and this is kind of like the silver lining of the of, of the pandemic that wasn't, right? So I'm seeing a lot more people who are saying, I think I might have made a mistake kind of mm, devolving responsibility for, for my health to doctors and the medical system and I need to start taking responsibility myself. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I've been saying this for the 27 years that I've been in clinical practice, so great. <laughs> have I got something for you to look at? So, yeah, I'm I'm focusing more and more on, on, on my sub stack. I'm still covering the COVID stuff because, hey, it's the gift that just keeps giving. Um, but I'm focusing more and more on what people can do to take care of their own health. So I'm getting really positive feedback about this kind of content. I'm going to keep it up. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, we'll just uh, jump onto your Substack then, um, which is, again, 
robinshooter.substack.com. Lovely, lovely. And the podcast as well. You can join that if you can't be bothered reading. <laughs> or you don't have time. Just, yes. you know, in fairness to people who are very time poor. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we'll jump into the first story here. Uh, this one is from Rebecca Barnett at the Brownstone Institute. She's someone who we've We've uh, hoping to get on the podcast in the next couple of weeks as well. Just emailed her again today, uh, but we've covered a few of her stories. And now, can you see that now? I can see that. Hey, success. Okay, so YouTube censors Australian politicians' maiden speech to Parliament. This is a, uh, we're referencing this article is because nobody's really talking about the MSN. So um, MSM, sorry. Um, so 30 minutes of truth bombs is how one Twitter user described Liberal Democrat John Ruddock's maiden speech to the New South Wales Parliament last Wednesday and 28th, 28th of June. Indeed, Ruddock, who left the Liberal Party in 2021 after public disagreements over the party's handling of the pandemic response, said out loud in Parliament what many Australians have been saying for some time now, at first privately around dinner tables, but increasingly more publicly over workplace, water coolers or at the pub as saying the obvious becomes more socially acceptable. Nevertheless, what is socially acceptable offline is not necessarily acceptable on social media. YouTube swiftly removed Ruddock's speech from its platform just seven hours after it was uploaded. The, they can't handle the truth bombs. <laughs> they certainly can't. And the, our next story will be going into that too with the the downgrade of Gerard Rennick. Um, so the New South Wales Liberal Democrats say this is the first time in Australian history that a politician's maiden speech has been censored by the platform. So as you can see here, this is what was greeted to people when they tried to watch it. This video has been removed for violating YouTube's terms of service. So I've actually got the speeches here. If you wanna have a look at these, I'll just chuck them on here. Okay, so this is the we'll play all three because I think they're pretty important. But this is what, what this is what gets someone banned these days. The first was the authoritarian COVID police state, all over a bad flu. You can hear that. Yes. Bad flus are bad. Bad flus happen from time to time, but we treated COVID as though it was Ebola. The COVID fatality rate in New South Wales was 0.13 percent, at the upper end of what we expect each winter maybe a little bit more, but to call COVID a pandemic was an insult to pandemics. The average age of a COVID fatality in Australia is higher than the average life expectancy. The New South Wales government locks citizens in quarantine just for being near a COVID positive person. Many want to move on from COVID, I don't. Elements in the media tell us there is another pandemic around the corner. It'll be worse than COVID. I'm skeptical, but if true, Surely we need a royal commission into the last time a pandemic was declared so we can learn. Sweden alone resisted the hysteria. Masks, lockdowns and vaccines were recommended but not compelled. Sweden trusted its citizens. And Sweden has had Europe's lowest increase in excess deaths over the past three years. I have respect for Peter Costello and Tony Abbott for most of my life. Trusted its citizens. Both have now spoken out forcefully about the COVID madness. But the Liberal Party's best only found the courage to do so after the crisis had passed. The police and even the army and helicopters forbade us to leave our homes to get sunshine, fresh air and exercise. But that radical right-wing newspaper, the New York Times, told us in July 2021 
that not one person in the world had caught COVID in an outdoor environment. The second disappointment was vaccine extremism. On the 26th of July 2021, the Liberal Premier of New South Wales announced a two-week lockdown. Two weeks morphed into many months and a diabolical catch was added. We won't let you out until you take multiple injections of not only a rushed vaccine, but of an entirely new class of vaccine. Most relented, but everyone got COVID anyway. Last year, the New South Wales Health Department published weekly data showing the fewer vaccines you had, the less likely you went to hospital or ICU. The fatality rate was similar for the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Since the vaccine rollout, there has been a 15 to 20 per cent increase in excess deaths in nations like Australia who had the mass mRNA injections. Is it the vaccine or is it the, better, the bitter hangover from locking people up for so long? We don't know. But either way, it's almost certainly the result of poor governance and yet another reason for a COVID Royal Commission. The Commonwealth Government is still recommending a fifth vaccine, but barely anyone's listening. Too many know of others who had bad reactions. I suspect few even in this chamber have lined up for their fifth injection. So, so they are now doing what we were scolded for doing, thinking for oneself. Ivermectin is a medicine made from the compounds found in the soil of Japan. Prior to COVID, ivermectin had been prescribed to humans not four million times, but four billion times. It's such a wonder drug, the inventors won the 2015 Nobel Prize for Medicine. Soon after COVID arrived, various researchers around the world began noticing ivermectin just may be unusually helpful in treating COVID patients. But Big Pharma was alarmed. If ivermectin worked, it was too cheap to make, too cheap to make squillions of. So Big Pharma told politicians to not only ban it for sale, but to claim ivermectin is only a horse dewormer. The Therapeutic Goods Administration in is a Commonwealth agency that has the authority to say whether a new drug is permitted to be sold in this country or not. I assumed the TGA's funding came from taxpayers, but I recently learned 97% comes from pharmaceutical companies. This is a textbook example of a conflict of interest. The TGA's website today admits they have received over 137,000 COVID vaccine injury reports. Many drugs are pulled from the market after 137 injuries. For any drug, the number of reported vaccine injuries is a fraction of the actual injuries. In the gallery today is Stephen MacDonald, director of the New South Wales Firefighters Alliance, who represents fireys who are still not able to work because of COVID vaccine mandates. Stephen Kelly and Roland Crystal are also here, both long-standing long police officers sacked for not submitting to the Big Pharma state. I understand new police recruits are not asked about their back status, but those, who st but those stood down are not yet reinstated. John Larter is here too, a paramedic of 25 years, sacked for not taking the vaccine, and he represents many other paramedics. Tony Nikolic is also here. He has heroically defended these people and many others in the legal system. It's been a thankless task, but one, but one day when the COVID fog has lifted, I'll nominate Mr Nikolic for an Order of Australia. I urge the Min's Sharp government to follow the lead of jurisdictions around the world and remove these pointless, cruel vaccines. Well, 
Yes, it's interesting how many people he referred to in the gallery while the chamber looks to have been empty. Mm. Yeah, you see that pretty much all over the world now, don't you? All He's over in, the world. In the UK yeah. when um, Bridgen is doing his chats, everybody leaves and... Yep. You know, you actually see them yep. leaving as he's talking. It's it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Gutless yeah. ones. And the amount of disrespect that that shows. I mean, that's that is is his maiden speech. And his so-called colleagues do not even have the basic human decency and respect to sit in the chamber and listen. And uh how unbelievably immature is that we've now reached the stage where where adults who are represented to suppose elected to supposedly represent us um they can't bear to hear an opposing view yeah it's yeah yeah so what what exactly did he say that that was that was so offensive i mean there was one there was only one thing that that i um this is because my my husband is an ex-lawyer and therefore has a keen ear for for anything that could be construed as as you know defamation, um, and that is that that he stated it as a fact that it was the drug companies that yes. leaned on government to to not approve ivermectin, um, and so he could have worded, worded that a little more carefully or circumspectly. But everything else that that he he said was either a fact, an indisputable fact, or he put it as a question. So. How is that misinformation? I, this is a rhetorical question, Mitch. You know this, but it's still like we're, we're three years down the road with this, and YouTube's still carrying on like that. Yeah, it's crazy. I was actually going to say, let's play a game and 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 discuss what the medical misinformation in there was. And you know, yeah. I think you nailed that. They probably that's the only one thing I would have said is that he's yeah. Of course, when when people who have who have strikes against them, you know, when when they contact YouTube to say what was it, they get no answer. So yeah. they're they're told that they're spreading misinformation, but when they ask what exactly was it that that I said or my guest said or you know that I showed on screen, what was it that was the misinformation? Oh, we're not telling you; just violated our community policy. So you know what what does this remind you of? I mean, these are the kinds of of, of mind games that were played in Stalinist Russia. Yeah. you know, you, you never knew what it was that you said. That, that landed you in the gulag or there were all sorts of accusations, you know, many of them just complete fabrications. Uh, but, but yeah, I, people are afraid to even open their mouths. You know, I, um, I heard something earlier today. Uh, some, some guy walked into a barbershop to get a haircut, you know, like you do, because <laughs> you wouldn't go to a barbershop for fish and chips. But anyway, so he walks into a barbershop and he, and he asked the, uh, the barber, um, how she, it was actually a female barber, um, how, how she was going to, to vote, um, in the upcoming referendum for the boys. And she looked a bit sort of uneasy and, and she said, well, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't say this to people, but I'm actually going to vote no. But, but, I, but I tell everyone I'm going to vote yes, so that I don't get criticised. Um, and so this guy asked the the four male patrons who are waiting for for their haircuts, "How are you blokes going to vote? We're voting no." So, but I, I found this this whole exchange really interesting. So you've got you've got a person who is sort of tiptoeing around, going, "Oh, oh I mustn't say things that people will, will will misconstrue as me being a racist or whatever." Um, and so so you know she's afraid to actually say, "Yeah, I actually I, I really do think that the voice is completely racist, and therefore I'm not voting for it." This is the kind of society that is being engineered. 
by behavior like this from YouTube. People are afraid to speak their minds because they might say naughty words or yep. get cancelled. Yeah, no, you're, you're perfectly right there. People do skirt around the issues. They, I mean, it's 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 classic human psychology, really, isn't it? People want to fit in. They don't want to be ridiculed. They'd rather just go along yep. with it and then have their own private views. Yeah, that 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 part is new, right? Humans have always kind of looked to the group for, you know, what do you think? What do you think? What do they think? Um, what we're seeing now is is the weaponization of that human characteristic. Yeah, 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 without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, it makes you, it makes you wonder about. Uh, well, not even wonder because we know how how crappy polls are generally. I mean, the the polls before Trump won were showing that he would lose. Um, mm. by significant amounts. You know, I think one poll had them had Hillary like 92% winning or something like that. So um, people just say say what they want to say, you know, at the time. And they, they as long as they can in private, as I just said before, in private do what they want. But I, I think I think um, this video clip brings up a bigger issue, though, is the fact that it was someone saying something that a lot of people wanted to hear because I've been testing the waters with this podcast for the last five weeks and putting it on YouTube, we have had not had one strike. We haven't had one video taken down. And the topics we discuss, I expected every single one to be be taken down. Yeah. Violating community standards, whatever yeah. they are, left, right and center. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he because he would have gotten hundreds of thousands of views. Whereas, yes. you know, we're only getting sort of a hundred. So it's it's that's why it was taken down. Because the information was getting viewed by a lot of people and it wasn't in the, well, it advertisers, uh, I guess, on YouTube wasn't in their best interests, which means it wasn't in YouTube's best interest. Either that or the government has lent on them, as we know they do these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. E either way, it is a, it is a, uh, look, th this is, um, this is actually, this constitutes election interference. Mm, yeah. Right. Because uh, the the public that wants to wants to hear what their elected representatives have to say and and they can't front up to you know to, to the to the chamber to actually hear these. So what else do they do? They they watch the the speech and you know where do people watch stuff? I mean we don't want them to watch on YouTube. Come over to Rumble, um, but but you know that's where the majority of people are still watching stuff. They're watching on YouTube, and then YouTube decides, well, no, you're not allowed to listen to this to this guy because he says things that that we whoever we is the corporate overlords we don't want you to hear. That's election interference. They're yeah. they're interfering in the right of an elected representative to put his viewpoint out into the out into the public square, you know, in, into the the court of public opinion, as it were, so that. In the next election, you know, people can decide wh whether to vote for him or not. Well, they're being deprived of the right to do that because he can't have his voice heard. Election yep. interference. Yes, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I didn't think about it being election interference, but it clearly is, you know, mm -hmm. it clearly is. I mean, how are the, how is the public, the mainstream public anyway, how are they supposed to hear these things? They're not going to yeah. hear them. They're not going to hear them. Yeah, they don't get printed. That's why, yep. I, you know, why, yep. you know, Rebecca Barnett, amazing journalist, but it's it's not going to be printed in the age. It's not going to be printed in the Herald that's Sun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and the and, and auntie, you know, auntie isn't going to be featuring uh, John Ruddock's maiden speech, are they? No. <laughs> Except maybe snippets of it to Brandy Cooker, You know. Yes. Yeah. Don't we love that word, Cooker? 
<laughs> so <laughs> so another one, another politician that has been um, branded a cooker as well and has now had his voice taken away uh, more legitimately through the process um, in Senate, uh, but still at the same time, he has had his voice taken away by people in the Liberal Party who do not want him to be heard, is our friend Gerard Rennick. Um, so we spoke about him last week about how he just, he's very hard to argue with. He's very reasonable. He, he speaks in facts. He doesn't get stuff mixed up. He's actually got a history. I think he um, came out of a medical degree as well. Is that right? Or he's a bi- biologist or something or other? Yeah, I, I didn't remember his exact background, but he has some familiarity with, with the biological sciences. Yep, yeah. He's, um, he's definitely got a degree of some sorts in, in that field. So he's a very, very relevant and very, um, it, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about, basically. Um, mm. And I'll, I'll play this clip here, uh, and then I've got his letter to, and I've also got a little clip from Joe Jamal who explains what's happened in the Senate because there is a lot of like, oh, they've kicked him out of the Liberal Party. I've heard that a lot, but it, it is a legitimate yeah, way of doing awesome. it. It's, it's not completely true. So let's let's play this clip, and we will see what we think about it afterwards all right liberal national senator gerard rennick has told sky news that he doesn't believe his controversial stance on vaccine mandates contributed to his loss at senate pre-selection he failed to secure the support of his own party for a spot on the lmp upper house ticket at the state council in brisbane Despite selling himself as the LNP's best chance of winning a third seat in the Senate, Jared Rennick's political future has been dashed by his own party. How are you feeling? No, fine. Are you upset or disappointed? No, oh, look, you know, pretty relaxed. The controversial Liberal senator has been kicked off the LNP Senate ticket, meaning he won't be given the opportunity to run for another term in the Upper House. Former LNP Treasurer Stuart Fraser will replace him in the third of six spots on the ticket. I think it's always surprising when people give that amount of confidence in you um, and support, so definitely surprised. Jared Rennick has been highly controversial since being elected to the Senate in 2019. He ran a voting blockade against the Morrison government over vaccine mandates during the pandemic. Do you think your stance on vaccine mandates may have had a role in your loss? Uh, No, I think that what I did was show compassion to people. My my role is to serve the people and I don't apologise for that. Senators Paul Scar and Susan McDonald retained spot one and two respectively. Both paid tribute to Senator Rennick. He has made an outstanding contribution representing the people of Queensland. Uh, He's a great fellow and a good friend. The LNP only won two Senate seats in Queensland at last year's federal election when former Senator Amanda Stoker lost her position. This pre-selection is about putting forward a strong team in pursuit of a third Senate seat at the next poll. That poll can be held any time between August next year and May 2025. Lucy Gray, Sky News, Brisbane. We'll just play the one from Jamal as well. Um, we won't play the whole thing. You can look at that if you like afterwards. News. I don't usually like to do this, but I have to do it. So Senator Gerard Rennick of Queensland, he's in the Liberal National Party there. He has lost the internal vote for 
the Liberal Party Senate ticket. So he will no longer be a senator after May 2025 or whenever the next federal election is. He was trying to go for the third spot on the ticket, which was the most winnable spot for him to get. The vote was 134 votes to 131 votes. That's how many delegates. The uh, guy that ended up winning it, winning it um, Stuart, he's, he's now the guy that will be, probably he won't get elected. Um, this has basically guaranteed the fact that Malcolm Roberts from One Nation, he will get elected. Ideally, it would have been good to have both of them stay on. But unfortunately, the Liberal Party in Queensland have basically committed suicide by doing this. They will not be getting um, a third Senate senator up. So Gerard being one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Facebook page, I think he is the biggest other than Scott Morrison in the Liberal Party, over 200,000 followers. He has lost his Senate bid and that means that he will not be the senator after the next election in Queensland. Um, Gerard is someone that was one of the hardest fighters over the last few years out of our freedom politicians. And this is tragic. There's no other way to put it. And the real question is, why did this happen? I don't want to get too much into the weeds of it, but essentially the Liberal Party in Queensland, the way they pick who makes up the Senate ticket, um, who makes the numbering up, there are seven different groups um, in it, and they have delegates and, you know, people in branches. They send delegates to these um, to these counts, and the count ended up being 134 to 131, and so Gerard will no longer be the senator on the number three, which is a winnable position. He won't be the, th the number three on the, on the ballot. And so instead, Malcolm Roberts from One Nation, you know, lovely guy, and he's been doing very well. He's basically guaranteed to get elected, but we will not get Senator Gerard Rennick. Um, he's been replaced by some irrelevant Liberal Party bloke. This is terrible news, but this is breaking news. I thought I'd share it with you now. I'm being heavily censored. Um, it's impossible. Okay. Um, and I've just got this to add at the end here as well, which is um, Gerard Rennick is appealing after being booted from the LNP ticket. So he's actually appealing because of the count. It was so close, um, 134 to 131. Um, he hasn't basically confirmed this is the case he has to pay a thousand dollar application mm. fee which i'm sure it's not going to be a problem and yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but that was just yesterday that happened so uh the good news is is that he's still in for another probably year and a half at least i'd say um which is fantastic uh and considering he's on the way out now he it could be a really good opportunity for him to to really rattle rattle the cage um Yes, yes, there is that kind of what have I what have I got to lose um, in 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 that situation where a politician knows well, my party doesn't want me anymore, so I might as well just go out all guns blazing. Like let's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's just throw it all on the line. Um, and I I don't know if he would con consider running as an independent. The fact that he has so many Facebook followers may or may not be relevant because it depends, of course, on how many of those followers live in Queensland and therefore could vote for him. That's number one. 
And number two, Australians just do not have a great record of voting for independence at either state or, or federal level. And that's something that really needs to change if we're ever going to break out of the this sort of two-party deadlock uh, with the with the sort of the Greens and then the fake Greens playing this accessory role. So yeah, let's see. Um he did. He he said that he was feeling quite relaxed about it. He looked pretty shaken to me. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's very good at putting on a brave face. Um, and yeah. you know, let's face it, he would have, he would have faced a lot of adversity over the last couple of years with his views. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure things have been very yeah. tense for him in yeah. in the party room. Yeah. Be water of a water of a duck's back by the stage, I'd say. Either that or he's extremely stressed, one of the two. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he doesn't seem like it. He's, he's always very measured, as we were saying. Um, look, I think I think um, looking at the bright side of this, there were 131 people mm. in the party who voted for him. It was which, a close yeah, vote. Yeah. It was very close, yeah. Which means I would have expected that would have been an absolute blowout with just with the way he, he – what he speaks about um, and how he says it. But it, it wasn't. It was very close. Um, and, you know, now there's every chance he'll stay in. But That, that in itself is telling, isn't it? Because, again, I, I think this speaks to what we were talking about before, where, where what people say in public, where they're afraid of being criticised, that's um, rather different to, to what they'll say in private. Now, I don't know how this voting system works and whether it's uh, – like whether whether it's a, an open ballot where people can see how you know who which candidate you voted for in this process or not, but certainly um, even though he may not have got much public support from the party for his positions, I would not be at all surprised if privately a lot of these a lot of these people are uh, are actually really really glad that he's up there fighting for them. They just don't have the cojones to do it themselves. So yes. yeah, they'll, they'll throw him a vote and say, "Oh, oh, please keep doing this on our behalf," while while we, you know, are gutless yeah. and don't take the public stance that you have. Definitely, definitely, they're just throwing it out to him. They don't want to affect their, you know, hundred and fifty thousand or whatever it is, two hundred thousand dollar paychecks. Uh, so. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what he does after this, whether he does cross over. But uh, we've spoken yeah. about this in the past, like just all the independent parties and all the freedom parties, which seem to seem to be sort of counter counterproductive uh, against each other. Let's hope that doesn't happen. I think it is it is better if um, they join either one mega party or they just take over the Liberal Party and actually turn it into a conservative party rather than like a Labor light, which it is now. Um, I'm I'm not a not a big fan of the Liberal Party at all. Um, I'm less of a fan of the Labor Party, but I, to be honest, I, I'm you know I'm I'm not picky. I don't really like either of them. Um, mm. Let let's let's see what happens. But you see, in American politics, the independent vote is not really a thing over there either. They get a very small amount. There was a time, and what was it, the '80s or was it '70s or '80s when Ross Perot? When yeah, he there ran was for office. And then, uh, and then Ron Paul. I mean, Ron Paul ran once on the Republican ticket, and mm. then once um, as a did he run as a Libertarian or an Independent? I can't remember now. I think he's Libertarian, um, but yeah, 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 yeah. But he yeah. he ran. He was very close to getting the nomination when he ran as the Republican, and that's been the case with um, you know Ron Paul and Rand Paul and. Uh, a bunch of other politicians over there who are libertarians, but they know that they're not going to be able to get into parliament running as a libertarian on the on the libertarian party ticket. So they 
they run under Republicans. So yeah. I think the way our country operates, it tends, I think I tend to lean the way that we need to sort of infiltrate these parties rather than rather yeah, than create our of, own parties. Yes, yes, sort of, sort of take them over. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I'm I, it, Well, you and I have spoken about this off, offline. Um, I am, uh, let's just say I don't think that ultimately the political system that that we have is you know the optimal way to uh uh to to govern people in fact I'd question whether we need governing at all but mm. it's it's a system that we have for right now so yes if if you if you want to make that system work better infiltrate the parties that are already there and and yeah, good luck good luck doing that with the labor party because they are so gone <laughs> they are just so far gone and this, this is not the labor, labor party of of my my youth um at all this is you know people are saying this of, of the of the labor and other left leaning parties all over the world like hey you know this is this is not your mama's labor party um, they they have been taken over by ideological forces that uh, that I don't think their founders were remotely interested in. No, no, they're very, they're a populist party these days, um, you know. And as I said before, liberals seem to be following in that in those footsteps of being populist, uh, especially the Victorian Liberal Party, as we've seen recently with the more redeeming saga. Um, <laughs> You know, just just wanting to please the the woke crowd uh, as as the our our first woke prime minister is doing at the moment. Yeah, like how how populist is that though? Because you know what what is really what is genuinely the public appetite for for this kind of insanity? I don't know that that's populist. I mean, it, it's it, as you say, it's like it's like catering for this very very narrow but extraordinarily vocal sliver of the population that yeah. actually does support these anti human ideologies. Yeah, it goes back to you know what your comment was before about people saying one thing out loud but keeping their you know their opinions to themselves. The out loud stuff is the populist yeah. opinion in Australia, where yeah. as yeah. what people really want is what they won't really talk about. I have this conversation with people all the time about Pauline Hanson. Um, I voted One Nation in the last in the last um, in the last election just because I thought they probably had the best chance of actually getting seats, especially up here. Um, and when I tell people that, like, well, it answered, but she's a racist. It's like, well, can you name a few racist things she said? They're like, well, you know, it's always, it's always that, like, well, uh, you know, she doesn't like Chinese people. It's like, oh, no, no, blah, blah, blah. You, I won't get into it anyway, but, babe, you yeah. know, babe, it's, yeah. It, it's I, know, just, I know I know what you're saying. The um the terms of abuse just get hurled around, and that's that's not an argument. All right, that's an ad hominem attack. Yeah. Tell tell me tell me the specific yeah, like you said, tell me the specific things that she said or the specific policies that she has that that are racist, and and, and explain to me. Tell me how they are racist, and also please let let's start by defining just what racism is. Of course, as soon as you say that, they're like, "Oh, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only that, but it has the effect on people as well, where they go, "Well, I do agree on some of the stuff she says, and I do agree with this, yeah, exactly. I do agree with that." Because once you've sort of opened up and you've gone, "Well, I did this," and then the their true, their true yeah. sort of feelings come out about yeah. the the whole thing, and like, "See, it's not that bad, is it?" It's just yeah, people, people won't put yeah. themselves in the line to do it. That's all. 
She she has some some billboards up, you know, um, on on the on the highway between where I live in and Brisbane, and um, and many of them say things like, you know, Pauline Hanson has the guts to say what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. That's yep. pretty much it. <laughs> yep, yep, definitely, definitely. That's why I've always I've always uh, liked her because she's you know she she's she's come from a um, a business background as well. She used to own a fish and chip shop. She's she's a bit more like uh, us than you know your average politician. So um, let's yeah, obviously nothing much happened in the last election, but I think uh, if we can if we can continue to to get people like that into major parties and keep guys like Jared Rennick. Have you watched the rest of that Joel Jamal um, video? He does he does state exactly why these things happen, and it's through a lack of support from the Australian people and a lack of knowledge in the political process and i have like to be honest i had no idea how this whole senate thing worked until i viewed that video and it just it just goes to show how out of touch like i was with that political process and in, in the yes, to but that, begin that's with. also that's also because there there are no um there are no civics classes in school where where we are actually taught how our political system worked i did not know i had no understanding of how our voting system worked until i started studying um government at, at sydney uni as part of a short-lived ba <laughs> tell you about that another day um so yeah it wasn't until our lecture in government who was american I found that particularly interesting because, like, I'm learning about Australia's political system for an American. Now, you know, fair enough, he had to learn about the Australian political system to teach government in an Australian university, but still. Um, so, and I'm sitting there in, in, in this class going, man, this is the first time I've heard about how our voting system works. I'm not alone in that. So everyone going and casting their their vote at elections, they the, the vast majority of these people have no idea what happens to to that ballot right and yeah. and how it, how uh, how it affects the outcome yeah that and that that's that is uh extremely that that's a major deficit in our educational system that people don't understand and i i given all the other crap that's shoved into the into the curriculum i cannot see that as other than a, anything other than a deliberate omission right? The government doesn't want you to know how the electoral system works. Because if they did, they'd teach you how it worked. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly would. They certainly would. You'd think it'd be more, it'd be higher on the agenda in schools mm. to teach kids how how the whole, so, whole how, ugh, sorry, how the whole process works to begin yeah. with, because it is such an important thing and people don't realize it. They just go around and go, oh, I'm not political. I don't care about politics. It's like, well, we really, we really all should. And I hate being that guy that's always talking about it at parties, but I feel like it's the only way to, to do it because nobody really knows what the hell's going on. And I'm going to continue to be that annoying guy. So too bad. <laughs> be that guy. Yeah. Someone has to. I'm definitely going to be that guy. <laughs> All right, we'll cross crossing the uh, Australia to the other side of Australia again. We go to WA. And this next story is a bit of a um, part two of a story we discussed a few weeks ago. So let's jump over to this story here there's no i'm not going to play the video on here because it's pretty irrelevant but um the aboriginal elder says tree planting event was shut down because it honored queen elizabeth so this has got a lot to do with what we talked about a few weeks ago about the um what's it called um it says further down here but it's the yeah here we go aboriginal cultural heritage act mm. so an Aboriginal elder has revealed the reason her family stepped in to shut down a community tree planting event over the weekend. 
So her family, um, it honoured, so they stepped in because it honoured the late Queen Elizabeth II, denying the state's con- controversial new cultural heritage laws were to blame. I'm not sure how that works, but the city of Greater Geraldton Mayor Shane Van Stein claimed in a Facebook post on Sunday that the tree planting event at Wanthala Bushland Reserve had been called off after respected knowledge Sorry, local knowledge holders shut down proceedings on the basis on, of ground disturbance and the new Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act and the significance of the site to the family. Mr. Stein said organisers complied with the directive to stop despite having checked the online map for any Aboriginal heritage, of which there was none beforehand. He said it was the first use of power of entry and stoppage we are aware of under the Act, but added there was some confusion now in play as the person who gave the order was not technically an official Aboriginal inspector under the Act, as no local Aboriginal cultural heritage service has yet been created to appoint them as such. But the state government insisted the new laws, which came into effect on July the 1st, have been a subject of widespread confusion and concern, contain no provision for works to be disrupted, and instead it would look into the incident. So there's a lot of confusion here. Um, basically the reason why this lady, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name. Um, no, it sorry, wouldn't be wise. <laughs> sorry, no, no, actually no, her, her name is Donna Ronan. I'm Fair just, enough. Yeah. Her's, well, I'm, I'm the, looking at the right, land. Oh, that, that, they're, they're her, they're her peoples. Yes. Yeah, okay. Nahagadi and Wajari. Yeah. So said so the family disappointed they had not being consulted about the decision to honor the late monarch on what is a significant site to them. Look, I don't really blame her for that. To be honest, I'm not sure why the Queen of England has to be, you know, honoured at a site in Australia with a tree planting. So, yeah, I completely agree there. But in the end, it was a tree planting thing. I I think it was most likely was going to be quite good for the environment and they shut it down. And it was shut down. She told the ABC that the land was significant to her family because her great-grandmother had shared a market garden there in the mid-1900s that the non-Aboriginal co-owner's role had been recognised, but her forefathers had not. So is this coming down to like a personal gripe now? Like it's like, well, I had a, something, you know, I had a memory there with my grandfather, my grandmother. But she had a market garden there. So so she's not saying these are our cultural lands, you know, this is where we, where we conducted ceremonies, this is where the bones of my ancestors are buried. No, it's like, well, we, we had a market garden there. We grew some veggies and stuff, so... So what? Yeah, so tough, <laughs> tough titties, unfortunately. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, the, the whole thing, as you say, it, it's, it's just, it's. There's so many different strands to this story that I just find the whole thing incredibly confusing. Yeah, well, I think that everybody's confused in this. Like the government doesn't know what's going on. She wasn't even authorized to make the decision, but uh, whether or not right. this was a something that she was able to do or people just freaked out because of the new laws and they thought they'll be breaking the law. But she's this uh, Mrs. Ronan, sorry, Ms. Ronan uh, is one of the ones that called for a treaty and echoed suggestions from prominent voice campaigners that non-Indigenous Australians should pay the rent, just like our friend Thomas Mayo. So this takes us into obviously the, um, the issue of, of the voice. There we are. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, I know this isn't the voice exactly. This is the cultural heritage law in WA. But without the, I guess, the the, the great explanation that the, the government hasn't given us about what exactly is going to happen to the voice and the fact mm. that this is going to be changing the constitution, 
Um, is this something we're going to be seeing on a wider scale across Australia? Yeah. The, the weaponization of grievance claims is, is essentially how I would describe this. So, so she said, well, my, what was it, her, her grandfather? Her grandfather? Grand, grandmother. Uh, grandmother, sorry, um, co-ran a market garden. And the, what, was, what was the story? The white person's role in that was acknowledged, but her grandmother's was, was not. And so, so the, yeah, the non-Aboriginal co-owner's role had been recognised, but her forefathers had not. Right. Okay. And so because, because of something that, that happened, I mean, look, at that time, at that time, um, Aboriginal people were, were, were not, they weren't counted in the census. They weren't allowed to, to vote. I don't know what their status was in, in terms of being able to own property. That's something I'd have to, to look into, but I'm, I'm assuming that they had either no or limited property rights. So, um, and I, I'm not saying that any of that was justified. I'm saying those were the conditions of that time. And I'd also like to know, um, so she was saying the non-Aboriginal um, people involved in this were were, were recognised. Recognised by whom and, and, and in what form? Like did they have a plaque? Did they, did they have a, an opening ceremony or like what? What does she even mean? Yeah, is, she is, she talking about? About, is she talking about the monarchy? I mean, because it's technically, I mean, it's the Queen's land, not Queensland, but the Queen's land is in like it's yeah, Australia, yeah, which is yeah. part, part of the monarchy. Brown so. land. Brown land. Yeah. yeah. So. Funny hat land. Uh, yeah, it, it's it really, it, it's quite bizarre, isn't it? So she's going to to stop a tree planting. And, and I'm with you, like a tree planting in the name of Queen Elizabeth? Really? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have anyone else that we could kind of like plant trees in honour of or, or just, yeah. just like plant the goddamn trees because trees are nice and they're good for the environment and, and people are healthier and happier when they have lots of trees and they a good habitat for the local creatures. Why do we have to plant trees in honour of anyone? Yeah, let just alone plant the bloody trees. Just, yeah, get on with planting the trees already. Yeah. Plant it um, in, 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 you know, in honor of her grandmother, whatever, who cares? You yeah. Know, just like, plant whatever. The trees. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's not like the tree knows that it was planted in honor of Queen Elizabeth, for God's sake. But yeah, I mean, clearly what's happening here is, is this is the exercise of power. This woman is saying, I, as, as a, as a person of Aboriginal origin, I am going to wield power over you right um so obviously i mean does it does it say in the article who actually organized the original tree planting in honor of the queen and all that stuff like it must i'm presuming it was some sort of government body or um, local government can't i can't see anything here so but so so i mean whoever it was that organized this tree planting essentially this woman is saying um my my status as as a um as a as a member of a protected class allows me to override the decisions of uh of members of the elected government that's really dangerous now we could we could definitely have a, a discussion about whether elected representatives actually represent the will of the people i mean <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty short supply during COVID, <laughs> um, but no, nonetheless, that that's their that's their putative role. You know, they're they're supposed to be elected to to represent the will of the people. But 
that can be overridden by by one person who says, no, you, you can't plant trees over there because um, my grandmother ran a market garden there and, and you haven't recognised her, her what, like her what, her, her role in running the garden, um, her ownership yeah. of the land. I mean, how are you supposed to know that? You know, yeah. This, is, yeah. this was one thing that was like rubbished when this came out like a month ago when we first talked about the like, well, it's, it'll just be like significant uh, sites that are, you know, like the one, like it came in because of that site that was bulldozed by the mining company who, you know, would have made more profit off the fine they got anyway, as we were saying there. Um, and it was like, well, what's to stop like um, Aboriginal elders just say, oh, it's a spiritual site, you know, even mm. though it's it might not be. And I mean, everybody's open to corruption as well. So um, yeah. it could just say that it's something, it's not just to, to stop something from happening there because they might have their own interests yes. at hand. Um, and and just, we, just... We, have, we have seen very clear examples of just how how corruptible these institutions began. I mean, that is the whole reason why ATSIC was shut down because the enormous great gobs of money that got flung at ATSIC didn't actually reach the Aboriginal people who were in need. Instead, they that that money feathered the nest of, of the corrupt individuals who who uh, were uh, um, the, the corrupt individuals on on ATSIC, right? So so they ended up with uh, all that money, and it didn't go to the Aboriginal people that they were supposed to be serving. Well, I just I just saw this part of the article which I hadn't seen before, and it's, this is just adds to the confusion that everybody's going through with this it says um responding to the tree planting controversy wa premier roger cook who took over from our friend mcgowan um told the abc on monday that works that the works were anticipated by the city of geraldton on the weekend could not have been stopped by the aboriginal cultural heritage act my understanding is that the city of geraldton officials took respectful action to ensure that they didn't further escalate the situation because of the association with the queen not because of the Aboriginal cultural heritage issues, he said. But Mr. Van Stein, who's the mayor, has sit back telling news.com.au on Tuesday night he was flabbergasted at the statements from Mr. Cook and Aboriginal Affairs Minister Tony Booty. The act explicitly states, and particularly with no LACHS being created, whatever that is, um, that before any ground of ground disturbance works occur, you are required to go online and see if any local knowledge holders have any concern about Aboriginal cultural heritage, he said. The act... And the guidelines are crystal clear that Aboriginal culture heritage, heritage changes over time, is constantly evolving, and will be determined ultimately so, by the Heritage heritage changes over time. Um, heritage represents something that 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 has its foothold in the past. So <laughs> how does it change over time? I mean, I understand it. It, it changes over over um, longer time periods, but uh, I mean. Exactly what time frame are we talking about it changing over? Like months, years? <laughs> I know. Um, it's <sighs> so so cultural heritage is constantly evolving. <laughs> we said the he added their comments with proof that the what government has not read the legislation it ran through the parliament. And it's disturbing that we now have a premier and a minister saying that we should have disregarded the concerns of local knowledge holders and proceeded. So you got the the government here saying yeah. that we should they should um, just ignore it and and then if you do ignore it you risk getting a fine like BHP or whoever it was that bulldozed that um, that cave um, and then you've got the local council saying they had to go with it because that's what the laws say and nobody really seems to know what's going on 
Um, right. So in other words, we, we've got levels, multiple, different levels of government that have different interpretations of what the existing laws say and what is allowed and not allowed under those laws. And now Albanese wants to bring in the voice and no one even knows what the hell it is. <laughs> and we're supposed to vote yes to that when we already have this, this incredible level of confusion where, where people in government can't can't agree on what they're allowed and not allowed to do and the laws we already have what could possibly go wrong Mitch? Oh, it rem- <laughs> reminds me of a um a comment i heard from nancy pelosi in the states a couple of years ago and she said about a bill she said we have to pass the bill so we can find out what's in it that 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 reminds me of um it was eric rubin who said we uh, we have to approve the uh the uh, we 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 have to we have to put the COVID jabs um, into children so that we can figure out you know whether they're safe for children. <laughs> Jesus <Christ>. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I I keep seeing that meme of the solar system where Earth has been replaced by the giant clown head. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! At least it'll keep the uh, the extraterrestrials away, won't it? If they see a big clown head. <laughs> Mind you, should they have a black clown head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh wow! Yeah, we're we're in a lot of trouble here. A lot of trouble here. Um, let, let, let's, let's just dig the hole even deeper. Why not? Unfortunately, our next story doesn't get any better. Um, it is a funny one though. Um, so I'm just going to pull this up here. So this one, pandemic fitness trends have gone extreme, literally. So this is from the MSNBC, and this is actually an old article which has been brought up again. Um, or, I, did... or, uh, I, I forget which uh, which US commentator uh, this is, but MSLSD. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the uh, MSNPC. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's even better than MSLSD. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's MS MS NPC on MS LSD for this one. Oh God! So this one is white supremacist latest scheme to uh, valorize violence and hyper masculinity has gone and hyper masculinity has gone digital. So it appears the far right has taken advantage of pandemic at home fitness trends to expand its decade plus radicalization of physical mixed martial arts MMA and combat sports spaces. Earlier this month, researchers reported. Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me radicalization of physical mixed martial arts and combat sports. Um, mm. I mean, we're 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 already just just going to crazy town. So, so in other words, are, are they saying that these particular sports um, have like that there there has been a deliberate attempt to to what recruit? recruit men in them to to radical political philosophies what the hell are they saying do they even know i guess that's the effect of lsd on npcs anyway sorry i interrupted you there by all means keep reading i'm up for a laugh (laughs) it says here that groups uh, on the encrypted platform telegram are recruiting and radicalizing young men with neo-nazi and white supremacist extremist ideologies how many of them are feds the recruiters i mean yeah and how many of them are actually neo-nazi and uh white supremacist extremist ideologies because we know that anything that's not left is far right mm. and that what we came to the conclusion about a couple of weeks ago mm. so physical fitness has always been central to the far right in mind Kampf, 
Hitler fixated on boxing and jiu-jitsu, believing they could help him create an army of millions whose aggressive spirit and impeccability trained trained bodies, impeccably sorry, and trained bodies combined with fanatical love of the fatherland would do more for the German nation than any mediocre tactical weapons training. I'd like to just just remind everybody too that Hitler was actually a socialist. So um, yes, 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 it was the uh, the National Socialist uh, Workers Party that, yeah. that he. Yeah. Yeah. So there were there were elements of left and uh, right, whatever you want to think right is whatever. right yeah. left. Who who cares? And anyway, extremists is probably the best way of looking at it. They were extremist extremist party. Um, so in more modern times, far right groups have launched mixed martial arts and boxing gyms in Ukraine, Canada, and France, amongst other places, focused on training far right nationalists in violent hand to hand combat and street fighting techniques. I find it quite interesting that this was written in 2022 before the war took off in Ukraine as well. Mm-hmm. And that they've mentioned Ukraine far right groups here, which they probably wouldn't uh, anymore. Um, no, no, because there are no Nazis in yes. Ukraine. No Nazis. No, definitely no Nazis. Even if they all. were, they've changed. So, um, yeah, so this goes on and on and on just about the associations between fitness, um, MMA especially, and being far right. So I follow quite a few people on online on Telegram. I follow quite a few people that in fitness. One thing you'll notice is that over the pandemic, you saw a lot of people that own gyms come out against the tyranny of government. And Yes, very true. Yep. It's, it's one of those yep. chicken, chicken and egg scenarios, isn't it? It's like when you are more into looking after yourself and look after your body. Um, You take things into your own hands. You probably learn pretty quickly that the traditional health directives that you get from government um, uh, is not exactly the right way of going about it. So you start asking questions, you start doing your own thing, you start following your own diets, you start you start like doing what you want to do, listen to alternative voices, which probably puts you in the the camp of being a little bit less trusting of government. Yeah. Okay. And that makes you far right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So automatically, I mean, I follow a few people that are definitely to the right um, and I don't necessarily agree with their, um, their ideologies at all, uh, but they do say some interesting stuff and I'm more into the message rather than the, the, uh, the medium, uh, you know, that it comes from. So um, I do see where this article comes from, kind of, definitely not validating it. There are definitely a lot more people in, let's just call them conservative or, or right wing that are into fitness, especially, you know, bodybuilding, um, MMA. And I, I do believe it's because it come, they come from a place of, they're just a little bit more self-aware. And they're a bit more aware of what's what's around them. Yeah, but this is really really interesting because, okay, if you if you look at um if you look at the US where I think there has been more research on this generally, what you see is in 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 the blue areas people are generally more health conscious, and at least by the metrics that are used to measure such things, they are generally healthier. So, for instance, you know rates of obesity are lower in the urban areas, which, which tend to, to lean blue, and rates of obesity are, are conversely much higher in, in the Republican-leaning areas, 
Um, ditto for, you know, rates of smoking, lower in blue areas, higher in, in red areas. Now, in terms of participation in, in you know, uh, gyms and, uh, and fitness activities, again, historically, it was actually the more kind of, you know, liberal or left-leaning um, people who, who were more likely to participate in fitness activities than the, than the more conservative people. So, but I, I guess in the same way that suddenly all of those left-leaning people who used to rail against the, the terrible drug companies that were so exploitative and now and they're like, Pfizer, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only ones we love more than Pfizer and Moderna, like these these nut jobs who are getting Pfizer and Moderna tattooed on their arm. Like it was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 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 Um, so, the, yeah. 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 I think it's interesting. Again, it's interesting you say that because it's this has come out. They've actually not. This wasn't someone that's brought this up. This wasn't someone that's gone back and found this and gone, oh, look how stupid this is. This is actually MSNBC who tweeted this out again. And this is after um, after RFK Jr. was seen lifting the weights, push-ups. doing push-ups, yeah. like yeah, yeah. T- absolutely tanked at 69 years old. Someone who looks after himself is smart, yeah. knows what's going yeah. on, would be seen by many. Steps. Holy smokes! The oh. guy is ripped. It makes, makes me it makes me ashamed because he's, <laughs> he's 30, 30 years older than me. <laughs> but I like I like this take here. Um, that was just on... to show your screen again. Too. Um, I'm not seeing what what you're sharing there. I'm just gonna put it up here. So I like this little take. That um, here we are. Yeah, that's it. If you work out, you may be a Nazi. <laughs> so this is this is uh, rising. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm familiar with the genre. <laughs> um, but I like I like their take on it. They they brought up this RFK thing. I won't play the whole clip because it's twelve minutes long. Okay. But the first couple of minutes are pretty interesting. MSNBC is facing ridicule online after a year-old opinion piece on quote fascist fitness groups resurfaced. Titled Why the Far Right is Really Into Home Fitness, White Supremacist's Latest Scheme to Valorize Violence and Hypermasculinity has gone digital. The article draws explicit connections between white supremacy and fascism and extreme workout culture. Yesterday, the piece made the rounds online after Elon Musk's tweet responded to it, saying, quote, MSNBC thinks you're a Nazi if you work out. L-M-A-O-O-O-O-O-O-O. I remember this piece the first time it made the rounds. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure why it's doing that again. Well, I think it's it's because we were having this conversation about... Well, I uh, think it's because they retweeted it. But but RFK Jr., why do they retweet it? We're having a whole, like, month-long discourse about RFK Jr.'s uh, thirst trap gym picks and whether or not there's some relationship between your personal fitness and health to your ability to lead. Uh, People have been doing a lot of those side-by-side memes of... Uh, you know, Joe Rogan and RFK Jr. with people that they disagree with politically and who they see as Mm -hmm. also less physically attractive or fit, saying, which way west, young man? (laughs) Who would you prefer to have leadership? So there is a linking of people in this community of Mm -hmm. kind of mental fitness um, and respect and public stature to physical fitness. That is definitely thing that's happening. But physical fitness is good and being healthy is good and getting exercise is good and there's no reason to stigmatize these things. Um, I'm sure there are very left-wing progressive people who work out a lot too and normally mainstream people and people of all political stripes and um, 
yeah, it's kind of silly. So I don't think that the article um, stigmatizes working out. It's not saying that working out is bad simply because people in a, let's say, conservative Are you Nazi crushing it at the gym? You might be a right-wing <laughs> na no. nationalist. I, I don't think that that is, what the, in all fairness, the mm -hmm. argument that the article is making. It's asking why, not whether or not the trend itself is bad, but what it means for a particular community right. to have identified itself with a particular non-political thing like fitness. Here's the question. Is it even a trend? I mean, certainly there's, uh, there's like again, like, uh, like Andrew Tate-type people, right, yeah. who are... Who who, you know, extol the virtues of their physical fitness, come from the fighting where he works. That's part of his, you know, uh, his uh, presentation to young men that they should get on board his philosophy and his movement. Mm -hmm. Part of it is, you know, doing a lot of push-ups and that kind of thing. Um, there's uh, there's that Bronze Age pervert figure. Do you know? I think that's I think that's quite an interesting um, analysis mm -hmm. there, with especially with the Andrew Tate. Um, yeah, I, I was going to bring that up, as a matter of fact. So a couple of things. Number one, I reckon Robbie Suave could could do with a bit of a workout. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Um, number two thing, <laughs> look, that, that article uh, and, and, well, podcast episode that you mentioned before that I just put out on my Substack on dementia prevention, there there is there is a really, really tight linkage between the amount of lean mass that you have on your body, the amount of muscle, tissue that you have and your mental capacity so it's it's not a matter of well physical fitness is nice but no physical fitness um and not not just cardiovascular fitness but but muscle muscle strength which you know particularly in males does have some connection with with muscle size there, there can be guys who are really super strong but, but they're but they're not really big that those are different things but nonetheless you know people who uh, deliberately engage in muscle strengthening activity do have better cognitive function even when they're younger and they do have a lower risk of of, of uh, developing dementia as they get older okay there are multiple studies that, that have shown that so it's not a ridiculous thing to to be looking at at uh, potential political leaders and asking are they fit you know, because how fit they are does have some bearing on their cognitive capacity. And that's kind of relevant, particularly for the person who has their finger on the nuclear button, you know. Um, Definitely. So, so there's that. The, 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 what are we up to, third thing? Uh, so the, the, third, the third comment that I wanted to make is, um, oh, I believe it's Whitney Webb. Yeah, Whitney Webb has dug into the uh, recruiting like the use of, of of Ukraine as a training ground for white nationalists. So, so there's been a deliberate uh, cultivation of very extreme, you know, ultra nationalist right wing groups in Ukraine. This predates the the war, um, and you know, we we watched some videos on that a little while ago. And um, there's there is a essentially like almost like a synthetic movement called right sector in the US and guys are guys who've been recruited into right sector were being you know flown over to to Ukraine to do uh, essentially training in the in in these Nazi Nazi style programs in Ukraine again this, this is this is pre the outbreak of of the uh, the Russia Ukraine war mm. so um, so there's a lot going on, and 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 again I would not be at all surprised if there are uh, uh, let's just say, you know, intelligence service plants that are in these gyms that are, you know, deliberately revving up 
these these young males who, like you say, you know, they they look at someone like Andrew Tate, and they they think, well, you know, he's he's someone that I could actually admire. Now, you know, do do I think you should admire Andrew Tate? I don't know. I'm sort of partway into watching Tucker Carlson's interview with him, and the story behind him is much more complex than I had understood. So yeah. anyway, I'm only partway through that interview. He's a fascinating figure. It, it, He's a fascinating it, figure. Yeah, if you, if you like him or hate him, I'm not really sure how I feel about him, but I do enjoy every time I listen to him, I enjoy it. So that's what. Yeah, and and look, well, you know, what, what we've got is a situation where for at least the, the past um, 20 years and, and probably longer, males have been told that being a man is bad that the the way that boys do things is bad, that, you know, rough and tumble boy play out in the playground is bad because it threatens girls and boys should play more like girls. Um, We've been told that that the kind of culture, the kind of workplace culture that men enjoy where, you know, there's dirty jokes and, and, you know, colleagues put shit on each other and, and all that sort of thing, that's bad. That's, that's, you know, that that threatens the well-being of women. And so, no, you can't have, you know, dirty pictures up in, in your in your car mechanics workshop, right, because it might offend women. Well, how many of them are there in there? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And it's in, in, inverse too, isn't it? Like with being men are being emasculated and women are being masculated. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. and this, I see this as one of the ways too. Over the last, yeah. especially over the last five years, you've heard how being overweight is healthy. You know, it's, oh, yes. it's not Hel- healthy at every size, Mitch. Yes, yeah, healthy yeah, at every size. Yeah. And it doesn't matter oh, what your weight is. And beautiful at every size. Mm. And, it, and if you say that some woman who's like 150 kilos, if you say she's not beautiful, you're a bigot. Yes. Oh, my God. Did you see the. Um, uh, the that the man who who won the beauty contest in. Oh, God. I just saw this, this photo flash up. Um, <laughs> in, in the Netherlands? Ah, uh, was that the one? There's like giant, like six three, six four. You know, shoulders out to here, um, and and you can tell by the knees, right? Even if they've had the feminization surgery and all the rest of it, um, when when they're wearing the slinky evening gowns with the with the slit up the thigh, you can always tell by the knees. Okay. That that that's my hot tip. If you're not sure where whether it's a he or a she, look at the knees. Men have knobbly knees. You can't hide that. There's no surgery for that. Is that, is that if you can't yeah. see the bulge in the pants? Or <laughs> well, that depends on whether they're pre-op or yeah. post. But whatever. Um, yes, yes. So a bloke in a dress wins a beauty contest. I mean, you know, like women just need to to say, I'm not, uh, I'm not into beauty contests anyway. How ridiculous! I can't believe we're still having them in the 21st century. But whatever, women just need to say, I'm, we're not doing that. We're not participating. If there's a bloke, you know, in the pool or in the beauty contest or on the bike, we're we're just we're just boycotting it because this is ridiculous. Anyway, where are we going with this? So so yes, um, there, there's been this downgrading of of men and criticism of masculinity, um, which of course makes the conditions very right for people like Andrew Tate to pop up and say, hey, come over here, boys, um, follow me. I I can help you get back your respect for yourself as a man. And then, of course, when when boys uh, and, and young men flock to him, then they're, they're criticised and denigrated and called far right. Yep. So, oh. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's just the way it's going right now because, yeah, as I, I personally believe that is to do with the fact that, you know, people that look after themselves, they they 
do you know, well let, let's put it this way actually people that don't look after themselves are more likely to want other people to do it for them so they're more likely to fall into that sort of left-leaning ideology where the government <laughs> looks after you the government's uh, in charge of your health you yeah. are not in charge of health you need someone to look after you whereas if you go the other way you're more likely to fall into that right ring wing ideology uh it's got nothing yes. to do with being an extremist and i look to be honest i definitely think it happens where where fitness groups will have right wing people trying to recruit in there but that happens with every single ideology out there you see that with left wing groups where they you know antifa try to try to recruit people from just a general left wing ideology into their extremism yes. as well it's always going to happen yeah, yeah, indeed. But but the, the vast majority of people who get into fitness, they uh, if they continue with it, it's because they notice that it makes them feel better. And yes, it is personally empowering to observe that you're getting fitter, you're getting stronger, particularly for males that that you're getting you know that you're getting physically bigger and and uh, that you could kind of you know, hold your own in a fight if you needed to. Not that not that most men who who get into uh, martial arts training they don't actually want to fight. Uh, some of them do, um, but most of them just just want to know. Hey, if someone is attacking me or, or my girlfriend or my kids or whatever, I I, I could I could defend them, right? Uh, and I, I think see that that's an element of male behaviour which um, is actually really admirable, and mm. it, it's quite disgusting that that role is being uh, or has been really systematically stripped away from men to the point where if men do want to, to train to get physically bigger and stronger so that they are better at performing that protective role, they're actually denigrated for that. Um, and, yeah, apparently you're supposed to call the police instead if, you, if your girlfriend's being, you know, attacked and, and raped in front of you. Because <laughs> oh, they'll turn up for sure. Yeah, give them, give them a couple of days, they'll be there. So. You know. <laughs> Unless you're breaking COVID protocol and they'll be there straight away. <laughs> they're all, they're already over over your left shoulder watching you. Yeah. yeah. So so this is this is just um unbelievably nuts. And look, I mean, I, I still don't know uh I, I, I still don't have good vibes about Elon, but I must say he's a pretty damn good troll, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he certainly is. He certainly Elon, is. Elon's troll's classic. He's, he's certainly <laughs> shaking Rogan, I up. think, um, threw his hat into the ring on that particular interaction, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah. Tweet, tweet from our, our Joe. Thank God for Joe Rogan. He's um he's a very, he's just straight down the line, just says what's in his mind, doesn't take any sides, but he just says what he thinks at the time. And he's he's willing to change his mind on on things too. He gets yeah. a lot of flack. Um, you know, so does Elon Musk, but really in the end you can't you can't um complain about what they're doing at the moment. Mm. They're just they're being themselves. Uh, Elon, I think, to be honest, I was pretty mixed on him, but I've come come to the point where I just think he's got fuck off money and he's just like, who cares? Yeah. He's probably just yeah. got to the point where he realizes that it's not everything. Um, and, you know, living to your morals is a lot more important than having $370 billion to your name. So, yeah, still not sure why he hired that Lindy Yaccarino. But no, anyway, it's very, well, very odd. Yeah. yeah. I'm just. You know, I, I dive into Twitter for a couple of minutes a day just, just for a bit of a laugh, you know, because <laughs> Twitter is actually very, very funny since, since Elon is. bought it. I mean, I stay away from, from the really uh, the really vituperous arms of Twitter, but but yes, it, it is it is good for a giggle and the yeah. memes are great. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to finish this story off in the podcast with uh, just with this video that I brought to my attention uh, during the week. And... It's got nothing to do with um, the 
extremist masculinity we're talking about, but it's pretty funny. It's just a clip from a New South Park episode. You might have seen it already. I have not. I have that? not. Okay. All right. But I need a giggle, so let's hit it. Hey, Eric, I'm not suspended no more. Good for you. I think someone's in there. No, goddamn. Well, you're probably going to hear that, can you? That. Yeah, let, let's uh, give hey, it some uh, volume. I'll give that some volume so you can actually laugh along with it. No more. Good for you. I think someone's in there. No, goddammit, no! Who's taking the shit? Occupied. I called dibs on stall one for all recess, Craig! You can't call dibs on a toilet. Son of a bitch! Oh no, 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 no! I cannot go another lunch break without my toilet time! Then don't eat 14 Eggo waffles for lunch, fat ass! Alright, that does it! I'm sick of this shit, and I'm not taking it any longer! You all push me to this! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do you think you're doing? I'm going to the potty. This is the girls' bathroom. All right, I need to tell you something, Wendy. I'm transgender. What? Did you notice the bow? I'm not comfortable with the sex I was assigned at birth, so I'm exercising my right to identify with the gender of my choice. Now get out of my way, I have to take a shit. <laughs> Get out of here! Don't give me more issues than I already have, Wendy. Oh, wow, this is nice in here. The girls' bathroom's a lot cleaner than the boys'. What the hell is that? <laughs> Cartman is using our bathroom! Dude, this is awesome. I should've used the girls' bathroom a long time ago. Hey, I'm gonna tell on you. It's okay, Red. I can take a shit here. I'm a dumb chick, too. to know just what makes you think it's okay to go inside the girl's bathroom. Because I'm transgender. I looked it up. That means I can use the girl's shitter. You are not transgender, Eric. You don't even know what that means. Yeah, huh? It means I live a life of torture and confusion because society sees me as a boy, but I'm really a girl. All right. Well, if you identify yourself as a girl, you must find yourself attracted to boys. Is that right? That's actually not true. I can be transgender without it having anything to do with the gender I'm attracted to. Check the state bylaws. All right, listen, Eric. Erica. Listen, Eric. You must know why we can't have you in the girls' bathroom. All I know is I'm transgender, and you can't make me go to the bathroom with the cisgenders. With the what? Cisgender. It's the politically correct name for people who aren't transgender. If you identify with the sex you were born with, then you're cis. But then cisgender is just normal. Saying normal is extremely offensive to people who aren't in that group. Trust me, you don't want this hot potato. Just let him use the girls' room. But this isn't a hurting, confused child we're talking about. This is Eric Cartman. Nobody else is going to know that. You better just give him what he wants. So Eric Cartman just has us in some kind of bathroom checkmate? Actually, it's more like a royal flush. Oh, yes, you've got to hand it to South Park, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. They always know how to hit that, that sort of like political spectrum right bang yep. in the middle. So, Transgender. Transgender. <laughs> yeah. So I thought we'd, we'd finish off with something funny. Um, just a comment on the, the cisgender term as well. Isn't it funny that um, the definition of cisgender is being not transgender? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, 
I, this is like a shifting of the Overton window, isn't it? So, so we're we're now we're now saying that trans is is what normal? Um, yeah. <laughs> and if you're not trans, you're uh, you're something else. So yeah, it's yeah. very very yeah. strange, very strange. All right. We live in times. Mm, right. Okay. So. Um, you got to join a gym and turn right wing on us. I already have, so I started Excellent. start at the gym this Good week, um, and okay. yeah, I'm going to go for a run now, and I may even lift some right wing weights afterwards. <laughs> and then yeah. you can sort of pop out one of those Nazi salutes, but uh, don't send the Queensland government do the <laughs> government see you do that because you know they're they're going to ban the Nazi salute too. Yes. There you go, just I, did it. <laughs> I, I better not lift the weights too high above my head, otherwise That's I might, right. get, might yeah. get jailed. It, it, no, it is a bit of a problem when when you're when you're doing um um when you're doing uh, a delt lifts, isn't it? Because <laughs> because look at this, look at this. Like if I'm if I'm lifting weights and this, it looks, it does look awfully like I'm doing the old Nazi salute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Did I'm you, deep did, in it, aren't I? Did you see the article? I think it was last week. That was about the someone who complained about a, a sign which said hail a bus and had someone with his arm up hailing a bus. So the council was now going to change the sign because it's uh, insensitive to, to Jewish people. But uh, that that was actually Heil, but it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. Like he just it's it's exactly as the, I'm not sure who that character is in South Park. Like you don't want this hot potato. No. So we we had someone complain about Hale, and yes, they can't spell, and it's supposed to be Hale, but you, you you don't want that. Let let's just let's just change the sign. No matter how much rate payers money it it it. it it goes up in smoke to do this because we don't want to be all over the papers. Yeah. Yep. So it was actually Mr. Garrison that, that one. He, I think he was transgender in, in the last season and he, he was offended that the, he couldn't have a baby. So I believe, I believe. That yeah, was who, anyway. who, who knew, who knew that that scene yeah. in life of Brian was actually going to come true and, and Stan <laughs> really, Stan really could, you know, uh, uh, take umbrage at the fact that he, you know, well, he could claim that he was he was being oppressed because Reg told him you can't have babies. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> we knew that would become real. We we just thought it was funny. We just thought, oh, isn't this ridiculous? What a laugh! You this know, will never happen. Yep. Yeah, this will <laughs> never happen. <laughs> Famous last words. On that note, <laughs> yes. well, thank you again for joining me. Um, and yeah, we've got Michael Michael Kalauti next week. Um. And uh, the week after that, we'll see you again. Go, Michael. He's the man. All right. Lovely. All right. Thanks, Robin. We'll uh, we'll see you all next week, guys. Yep. Bye, everybody.